Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. It's unbelievable how fast time passes as we go through life. And I don't think it matters where you are, but when you're in Israel and you've you know, created a new life here, it's so strange to look back, look back over pictures, look back over old videos, and you look on your refrigerator and you see magnets that have been taken. They, they're really big into magnets here uh, for different occasions, bat mitzvahs and swim races and uh, different, different events. And we have them all over our house. And I'm, I'm talking about this because my son is just turning 20. 20! Um, and that's unbelievable to me. We came here, he was three years old. And um, he's now in the army and he drives and he you know, has facial hair and a low voice and is tall and he's like an adult, like an adult. Okay, I say like an adult because he really is still a kid in many ways. But it's just, uh, it's, it's unbelievable to me. You know, he's 20 and all my other kids are like, wow, he's 20. Um, and we've, you know, raised him to be a strong Jewish boy. And he has a mind of his own and, you know, has his Israeli attitude, his teenager attitude. And I think that comes from society, no matter where you are. Teenagers are teenagers, right? But it is hard to believe um, that now our kids are are older. And I think I've been talking about this for weeks already. We only have one child at home, and he'll be a bar mitzvah next Sukkot, okay? Next year, next October. Um, We've... You know, raised our kids here. You raise. How long does it even take to raise a kid here? Not long. You know, twelve years. When they're thirteen, they go away. So our kids are like old now. You know, I told them all, get married by the time you're twenty-one. Now my oldest one is twenty. So we'll see. But um, it is hard to believe. It is hard to believe that I have a twenty-year-old. But I am no different than anyone else here my age, and all of our children are growing up. So quickly, you know, you blink your eye and they're out the door with the car keys, just like that song, Cat in the Cradle, which I hate. It always upsets me. It makes me tear up. Anyway, stick around. We have a great show for you. We'll be right back. The return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel was prophesied in the Bible thousands of years ago and is coming true today. Shalom. Join me, Josh Wander, on Israel Unplugged. Listen in as we delve into the spiritual and physical aspects of the Jewish return to Zion. We'll discuss the biblically mandated, historic, and of course practical understandings of this incredible transition from exile to redemption. That's Israel Unplugged, every Monday on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. Joining us today is a lady from Dallas, Texas, 21 years old, I believe. Her name is Frida Katz. She came here two and a half years ago 
on Shame with Lumi. She'll tell us all about what that is. It's the National Service Program. She'll tell us about that. She came here alone, no immediate family. Now she has a brother in yeshiva. She'll tell us how that came about. And she is currently a university student at Ariel University. Now, this is a great story. This is how the young people come here today and stay and just live their lives and grow up here as adults. She's a great example. Welcome, Frida. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. All right. So tell us, um, first of all, I guess, what Sherut Lumi is and how you got to come as an American to, to come do that here without any family or anything. Okay. So Sherut Lumi is an option for young girls who um, would otherwise be drafted to, to the IDF. Um, and for young religious girls, um, we have the option to receive an exemption from the army and instead do a different kind of service, which is what in essence Shirut Leomi is. Um, I, I believe it's still the law that you have to make Aliyah in or you have to immigrate to Israel in order to do Shirut Leomi specifically. But, um, but it's a great option for girls who might not want to do the IDF and how, how should I say this? Um, feel like they would like to serve the country a different way. Right. Well, we call that um, meaningful service. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so give us so, some example. Give us some examples of, of what that means. I mean, I know cause I live sure. here, but our listeners yeah. don't. A lot of girls, um, choose to work in places like preschools or hospitals, medical, HMO clinics, um, other places like old age homes. There's all sorts of different services. There's all sorts of Sherwood options, including in government offices. Um, I personally worked my first year at Shari Tzedek Hospital in Jerusalem. And my second year, I worked at a nonprofit for tourism. All right. So, so slow down. So, so what did you do? What What would a girl, what would a girl, eighteen years old, I guess you are, do at Sherut? Sorry, at like the hospital. If you're not a doctor and you're not a nurse, tell me, tell me exactly what the options are and exactly what you did. Right. Um, so your official title is you're a bat shirut. You're a you're a service a girl. We got it. A service yeah. girl. We got you're it. Shirut me volunteer. Um, which is your official title, but the job description is more close in a hospital, close to like a nurse's assistant. You um, like you have a head nurse who really instructs you on how day to day um, operations run, wherever whichever department you're working in. And um, and personally, I worked in an oral surgery, um, the oral surgery department, and. Um, was in charge of making sure the equipment was available to the surgeons, making sure that the nurses had everything they needed that was sterile, setting up for the day, cleaning up after the end of the day, um, and assisting patients um, if they needed to get to a place. It was really, um, it was a great um, experience, but it was, um, it's nothing like being an actual surgeon or a nurse. Um, They really do the heavy lifting. However, like, um, I really, I did get to give back a lot to the department, which was, which is great. Okay. So that is excellent. That is a great description. You basically do whatever they need. Pretty much. Yeah. You're, you're there. If the people doing the heavy lifting need, need, um, 
need anything. Right, and right. You're, you're there. You are yeah. their assistant. You're like the departmental assistant. That's a great description, and that is so valuable. Throughout Israel, um, when those of you listening come here, you're going to find girls like Frida in every facet of life. My daughter is in a high school now in the Arava, the, the desert, and she has a Shebu Lumi girl, about Sherut, is her, is her counselor. Okay? They're in the schools. They're in the kindergarten, like you said, but they're also in the high schools. It's great to have this, you know, older sister figure like you to help these young girls. Great. It's great. Okay, so go ahead. Tell us, tell us what you're doing today. Or I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Tell us what you did your second year. I guess it's a two-year a two-year yeah. um, commitment. Yeah, you. it isn't technically a two-year commitment. However, like you, it's a commitment for one year, but girls can choose to do a second year, can to sign on an, addi- an additional year, um, either at the same place they were working or in a different, um, in a different Shiro job. Um, I chose to do a different job, nothing, um, nothing against my past job at all. I wanted just a different experience. Um, and I chose to um, apply and work for the Gushetzion Tourism Nonprofit, which is located in Gushetzion, which is south of Jerusalem. Um, and it was really cool. I got to do a lot of different things than my first year. A lot of um, a lot more geared towards what I am interested in, as opposed to you know being in a hospital helping out. Um, I still was helping out. It's part of being, it's part of doing Sherwood with me. However, it was much more. I was very passionate about the work I was doing, which so, is yeah. Tell us what that was. Of, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of um. First of all, marketing. A lot of um getting out information to tourists coming to Gushetzion, whether they be, a lot of it was focused to people who already live in Israel because the country was locked down. Um, so how, you know, getting, getting the people from the center of the country to come visit. Um, and that's and, t- like, but tell us, is that like working on the computer and writing? So up- it was, I think my job, I would describe it. It was, pretty much half in the office, half in the, in, in the field, like, um, working on, pro- on projects we were developing. Um, for example, I don't know if you are familiar with, um, the lone oak tree in Gushet yes, but if yes, people am, listening aren't, um, <laughs> we, while I was there, we, we expanded this site tremendously. It's, it's, um, a very prominent heritage site in the area and is like the symbol of the region. And um, we like, we added a topographic model of the region to that side. And there's now like a playground there. We organized like a ceremonial dedication of the site when it was like renewed and expanded. And like, that was, um, that was, you know, part of my job was like translating the certain um, descriptions of on the topographic model. organizing the event a lot of things like that just things we were expanding to make to open tourism more to the area um including you know accompanying people on tours explaining them things it was very very interesting work and i got to know the region really well great that's great that's 
I was going to say some of the Shea Lumi jobs are tourism and tour guides. And um, mm-hmm. down here where I live in Susia, they have a competition for, for girls that we have, I think, I think six Shea Lumi girls. It might be, it might be four every year. And there's a big, big competition to who gets those spots to be the, the tour guides in the ancient heritage site here. And um, these are like sought after positions. I know they're, like you said, they're Shea Lumi girls in the government, in the Knesset, um, in, in the museums, in the cities. And like you did, you know, you, you are working with the t- tourism. It is great. You learn a lot and you're, you know, you get to talk to people, to tourists. And they, they probably love, they love you, you know, Uh, that's great. That's great. Um, all right. Tell us, uh, a little bit about what you're doing now and how, um, and I'm just going to go back for a second because I would love our listeners to hear how did you find this program? You were living in Texas. You were just a normal American girl. Um, well, I was before I made Aliyah, I did go on a gap year after high school in Israel and, um, was very early on thinking about making Aliyah. I did not come to Israel thinking I would. However, like around two or three months into my gap year, I was very like, I was I was starting to consider it. And uh, I just started talking to people I knew who I knew had made Aliyah. I just, you know, asked them, what are my options? What What is the deal here? I did also have friends from my community who had, who had been really the first lone Benoche route, like the first girls who had really come to Israel by themselves and done Shirut Leomi. Some of them were were close friends of mine from home. And um, I got to talk to them as well, ask them how that went for them. Um, I had like, yeah, I had counselors, Madrichot, who like, who were, um, who had in my gap year program and, yeah, really guided me through the interview process for Sherwood Leomi and how to get, you know, the exemption from the army and how to. Oh, wow, that you know, is great. That is great. System. Okay, okay. So it was really just networking and asking people. Yeah. Good. Good for you. Call it a vote. Um, great. So today you're, uh, you're in university. Tell us, tell us, uh, tell us how that's going, how that came about. Was it a difficult process to get in? I know in the, in America, um, university, you have an application and you have early admission and it's very competitive. Some people, mm-hmm. you know, go their whole lives talking about where they're going to go to college here. Um, you know, there are a lot of colleges here. I think there are six, five or six colleges here. Tell, tell me how you decided on RL University, what it's like. Do you have a major? Are there other people like you there? Um, mm-hmm. go ahead. For sure. Um, yeah, it's a little different in Israel. I've been through both application and missions processes. I've been through the American one, the Israeli one. Stay with us. When we come back, we will continue our talk with Frida, and she'll tell us all about her experience getting into college, attending college in Israel and Ariel University. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
Hi, I'm Steve Miller. And I'm Matt Zucker. Join us for Lighten Up, where we take a look at the week's current events in Israel and from around the Jewish world through a humorous lens. If you've been paying attention during these crazy times, you know that it's a challenge to parody life anymore. But join Steve and I as we give it the old college try. Not only is being happy an obligation, but life is just too short to take it all so seriously. So join me, Steve Miller. And me, Matt Zucker. For Lighten Up every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Israel, only on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. We're continuing our talk here with Frida Katz, who moved to Israel during her gap year at the age of 18, stayed, did national service, and now is a student at Ariel University. Tell, tell me how you decided on Ariel University, what it's like. Do you have a major? Are there other people like you there? Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead. For sure. Um, yeah, it's a little different in Israel. I've been through both application and missions processes. I've been through the American one, the Israeli one. Um, because I, I did choose, I did decline my, my offers from American schools because I wanted to stay here. Um, it's very different here, the process. A lot of Israelis, um, I'm, I am almost certain that most schools, most colleges and universities here have rolling admissions, which means up until like the first like month of school, you're able to apply. Um, and because of that, I'm, you know, I came from an American background, so I jumped on the bandwagon early. I was thinking about university up until like right at this, um, right at the midpoint or even before of my, of my second year of my service, I was like, okay, next year, it's time to start thinking about next year. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was between two universities and ended up applying to both and I chose REL mainly because of the community here. Um, There's a lot, there's a big diverse um, group of people here and I think it's one of the only schools that does have like a community feel in Israel. Um, There's like people, people stay in the in the city for Shabbat and um, even if they're Israeli, even if they have other places to go, people just enjoy staying here, um, enjoy kind of making this their temporary home, uh, even if they're not, you know, like me, who don't really have another place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so was, good. Compare compare that, or let's contrast that. Where I don't know where you looked. Although, tell us, you know, what's the universe, the other university you looked at? Did you did you um, make that comparison? I was also looking. Yeah, I was also looking at Bar Ilan University, which was the university where I did my gap year. And um, I, you know, I was very familiar with the campus. I knew there was a great Beit Midrash for women. I did not know so much about the program for my major. I'm, I am, um, my, my degree is a dual major in Middle Eastern studies and political science. Um, I knew that they had a, I knew that they had a political science program in Bar Ilan, I wasn't so familiar with it. Um, 
And I, I do have a lot of friends in the community. I know a lot of people who go to that school and, and live there. Um, I don't know. I just, I felt like it wasn't really as much of a community that was my, my speed. Um, I really like how I, it might be a great community for a lot of other Olim though, because there are a lot of people from, from the States, from abroad who live in that area in Givach Muel. Um, there's, a, they get together all the time. Like it's a very, very big community. I personally in REL find that it's a lot more integrated with the Israelis around as well. And which is a great, you know, um, integration experience, a great Klita experience for, for me and a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of other students like me who who are in Israel by ourselves um, from from abroad, but you know we have a lot of Israeli friends. We're all kind of homogenized, which is great. A lot of us have Israeli roommates, people who live with us who are Israeli on a daily basis, um, which I think is a great mix. Okay, I, I love it. This is so refreshing. Um, I'll tell you why. We have a lot of guests on the show who came here and pretty much stick with their um, old lifestyle and, and, what, and who they know and their American ways. And that's fine. Every country has that. They have their area, you know, mm -hmm. Chinatown, okay? Like Little Italy. This is exactly what it is. Immigrants who come to a new country and stick together because it's more comfortable. It's frankly probably just easier and more comfortable. And I get it and I understand it. You wanna be with who you know and um, that's fine. But what you're doing is a little bit what I did and you went off on the adventure to become Israeli and to, and to mix and, and kola kavo to you. You're gonna be stronger for it and you're seeing a different, a different view of Israel. And especially, you know, when you do have Israeli roommates and you do have hear Hebrew all, all around you and you have a different, um, you're learning, and you know this, right? You're learning mm -hmm. all the time. You can't help it. You're a sponge. Oh, yeah. I have, I mean, my computer's open right now and I have in, um, my degree is in Hebrew. So if I don't recognize a word or something i have an entire sticky note on my computer of like hebrew words that i need to learn <laughs> like right. in addition to my coursework it's like here are some new words that every day i'm learning learning new words to yeah. be honest yeah that's one of the uh, advantages of, of coming here young and coming here with um the right attitude now how is your hebrew before you came to israel and then how is your hebrew today wow yeah um the comparison is is a it's very, it was very, it was much weaker than it was when I first came here and before I came. Um, when I was in day school, like, I, thank God, had a really great um, Torah studying background and I was able to apply the words I knew, like, from learning Torah so long to my actual Hebrew language classes. And I was, I was in very advanced Hebrew classes when I was growing up, but my speaking skills were really, really needed work. I, I knew, it's hard to explain, but I knew a lot of vocabulary and I knew how to read and write, but my speaking was really, really needed work. 
so once I came to Israel and I just started putting myself in situations where I had no choice but to speak Hebrew, um, I would just, you know, think in the back of my brain, like of all these words that I had learned in Hebrew class and if they would be useful to me in this situation and slowly but slowly started speaking more, started learning more. Shirut Leumi was a great way for me to learn Hebrew. Um, there are a lot of jobs where you can get away speaking English, but um, for some reason, God put me in this department where I was the only English speaker and, uh, and I needed to learn how to speak Hebrew. Good for you. That's great. That's great. You're, um, you're very strong. Now, tell me about your, your brother. Did he come after you? Did he follow you here? Um, well, my brother has been in yeshiva day school for long before I came to Israel. Um, and he was actually the yeshiva um, where we grew up in Dallas is a Chafetz Chaim branch. And he continued on the Chafetz Chaim track and is now in a Chafetz Chaim yeshiva here in in um, Israel and he you know went with his friends from yeshiva and so it's a little different than um than me having influenced him so much it's it's a lot of a lot of the influence to bring him here was from his rabbis and his teachers and his friends which is great for him but you know he's obviously a lot more comfortable being here knowing that i'm here and i can he has a place to fall back on for shabbat and like can come here and and have me cook for him and stuff right right um, sure which is great for him yeah uh-huh now We're now you can, have each other. okay so it is great and tell me what your parents think and if you have any other siblings at home who are gonna follow you i, I love this we were talking about this um, in a recent interview with Zezi, you know, you are leading your family. Are, are you the oldest in your family? Yes. Okay, so you are leading. I mean, maybe everyone else now will come. And this is very important that you, that you came and you stayed. Your brother, does I he have so. that? In, does he does he have that intention? Does he does he want to stay? Um, I'm I can't speak for him. I'm not sure if he knows exactly what he wants after yeshiva. He's in his second year of yeshiva. I think he plans to continue his his Torah study, which I think is amazing. Um, but we'll see after that where where life takes him. I think right. he wants to. I think he wants to make Israel his home. I don't know exactly when he plans to do that, but um, all right, you're but, 21. He's what? Is he yeah, 19, 18? He's 19. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he still has a little bit of time to think about things. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. And um, my my things are a little younger than us. Um, one of us is almost 15, and I have also a brother who's almost bar mitzvah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually live in Panama because that is where my family's from. And um, so my parents don't really, they see they see the way that my brother and I have come here and they don't really feel comfortable with my siblings um, being in the States for, for university at least, for going back to the States, they'd much rather them come to Israel. Um, we'll see if they choose to. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm sure. We're very Zionist, so that's, hopefully that, that will that. be an influence. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, well, thank you, Frida. Thank you so much. And if there's anything you, you want to leave to to tell all our guests, you are you are a spokesperson now, okay, in this uh, <laughs> quick 11 minute interview. But if you want to say anything to give some words of encouragement to our listeners, 
Uh, please, what, what do you have to, to say? Um, yeah, I would just say, you know, making Israel your home is not easy. But if you love the culture enough, if you love, um, if you feel connected to the people here, I think it can be, a, it, it's a great decision for, for people like me who f felt a pull to, to live amongst Am Yisrael my, for the rest of my life. Beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Frida. Have a, have a great week. Best of luck to you. Kola Kavod yeah. for all you've, you've done and you've accomplished. And stay, so stay well. Kola Stay with us. We'll be right back after these messages. And we'll be speaking to our good friend, Zezi Fold. Are you tired of political correctness and the fear that you might offend someone? I'm not afraid to offend you. Wow, look who's talking tough. One has to be tough to keep sane today. Hi, I'm Alan Skorsky. And I'm Bela Seabrow. And join us every Wednesday for The Definitive Wrap as we interview the most sought-after guests and expose progressive trends that masquerade as enlightenment but actually destroy our freedoms. We are the No Wolf Zone, so buckle up for this exciting show. Buckling up, but I'm driving. <laughs> sure, you can drive, but I'm the navigator. Tune in for the no-nonsense, the definitive rap show, every Wednesday on Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to Returning Home. Joining us today is Zezi Fold, our old friend, who we have not spoken to in ages. Zezi, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I felt like uh, I, apparently I hurt your feelings last time. I don't know. I just haven't been invited back in a long time. <laughs> you hurt my feelings. I don't know. You know, you're a busy guy. Okay, you're busy. You act like you're all yeah. you know available, but you're busy, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, let's catch up. What? When? I, I don't know when we spoke last, but why don't you? Um, I don't even think we spoke this summer, but I know you went away this summer. You came back. Your whole family got corona, and now you're you left your yeshiva and you're at a new job, a new program, like a girls' school. Why don't you catch us up? Yeah, I was in uh, camp in America. Came back, and uh, soon after I got corona, my whole family got corona, and we were kind of in uh, quarantine for a few uh, weeks, about six weeks altogether. Because one kid got sick and the next kid got sick. We were, we were stuck in quarantine for a while. Um, and then, yeah, while I was away, the, the yeshiva that I was working for had closed down and had to go back on the job force. Uh, Baruch Hashem, uh, there are jobs out there for all those who, who are listening and keep on saying, there's nothing for me out there. You just got to search. You got to know the right places. And I think that I am now uh, direct development uh, for Sharfman's uh, here in Ramat Eshkol, which is part, which is in Yerushalayim. Uh, helping them, uh, you know, create a, a new seminary for the future. They've been around for almost 45 years, but it's bringing them into the next generation and bring them into the future. So Very nice. Awesome. I, I'm enjoying Kol it. Kol I love that because it does happen here, people, even though, you know, everyone thinks they need to make this perfect plan when they make Aliyah, the perfect job, the perfect this, the perfect that. You know, nothing is perfect. And nothing is set in stone, and there is no real security. It's not the 1960s, okay? You Jobs are not 100% secure, no matter how great your job is. And you have to be willing to take the risk and come anyway and do the best you can. Zazie's been here a year. He had a job for a year. 
the school's closed down. What, what did he do? Did he pack up and leave? No. He went and looked for another one. And he found one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, honestly, I was a little bit frustrated. Yeah, first of all, number one, I was here for two years and the same job. Number one, thanks for remembering, Natalie. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I, I had somebody who was making, not making Aliyah. They called me up and they're like, okay, hey, so we want to come for two months, see if we'll like it, and then we'll let you know if we want to make Aliyah. <laughs> and, you know, I hear this from so many people all the time. And I'm like, dude, you're just not going to know. You're not going to know in two, two months. You're not going to know in two years. You know, the people who come for two months or one month are, are the people that are not going to make it because it means you have one foot in, one foot out. I hear the people all the time who, who kept a house in America and, you know, kept a house here and are trying to figure it out. Uh, listen, I'm not telling you what to do in life, but the bottom line is just jump both feet. Otherwise, mm-hmm. your, your mind is going to be in two places. And you're never going to make a decision and you're, you're just you're never going to be here. You're never going to com- yeah. actually. You're not committed. Exactly. Just commit. And you know what? For all those people who are listening out there talking about Aliyah, trying to figure out their situation, what they're planning, what they're not planning, speak to people who are here and just commit. Don't try to figure like, you know, the people who come on sabbatical, you know, that's a great, that's a good start, you know, coming for a year, seeing it, seeing the lay of land, but coming here for two weeks or even two months, you're not going to get the sense of anything. Things are going to be hard. They're going to be difficult. The Gemara says, Eretz Yisrael, nicknames to be surim. The only way to actually obtain Eretz Yisrael is to have hardships. Yeah, there are hardships. But when you have those hardships, how, how do you deal, right? How, how are you going to deal with those hardships? Are you going to run scared and say, this is not for me or not? You know, there was an attack this morning. Um, there was just an attack at, um, in, in, in Yerushalayim in the old city. And my wife, my wife said to me, she's like, did you hear what happened? And I said, yeah. And... And that was kind of basically the conversation. And we, we, we try to go, I try to go, she tries to go to the old city as much as possible. And at no point in the conversation was like, okay, let's not do that anymore because, you know, because that's what happened. It was like, okay, that happened. And Israel's being taken care of by Hashem and being taken care of by the security guards that are everywhere. The person was obtained within 32 seconds of the first shot to the guy who was obtained and seems like he, the guy was killed. But the bottom line is, is we didn't run scared. And that's what it's like here. You know, when we were in America, we heard about a shooting at the old city and we're like, okay, maybe we shouldn't go there. You have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. This is daily life, you know, and, and you know what? Baruch Hashem, we haven't had an attack like this in a very, very, very long time. Thank God. But we don't, we don't, we don't stop. We don't, we're not stopping. You know, you, there are hardships and you're going to have to get past them. And that's all it is. Right. And live with them. That, that's what you have to do. It's a different life here. There are different uh, different kinds of hardships. The thing you said, I, I remember that sticking with me. That I, I also hear, I will come and try it. Well, you don't. Do you try marriage? <laughs> you know, right. it's right. not. It's not. A, it's not the right attitude. It's just not the right attitude. I'm. I'm in touch with some woman who wants to form a whole bunch of families to come, and she's asking me, you know, all these questions. And I said to her, look, it's not going to be a custom fit. Aliyah, okay? It's not every, everyone's, you know, perfect. Their I's are not all going to be dotted. Their T's aren't going to be crossed. You're not going to have the perfect this and the perfect that. It's, mm-hmm. you know, come and deal. Come and deal. I mean, how much support do you need? How much hand-holding right. do you need? It's, it's frustrating. Guys, the, the perfect analogy is Natalie. Natalie doesn't have much in the way of, of a support system in this country. 
and she rocks it every single day in, day out. She, she, she's here. She's all in. She's got her family that she brought with her, and that's what she's got. And, and, and that's what you have. To, if you want to live here and you want to actually, if all these people are like, well, I don't have the support system. Well, then bring it and your support system will be here. Amir Tashem, Natalie's children will have their children here and they're going to have their families here. And you know what? Natalie's going to have her entire family being here because she brought them here. So, you know, what? don't look for excuses and say like, well, I'm waiting for my parents to go. I'm waiting for my kids to go. I'm waiting for it's now's the time. Now is really the time. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because if you're listening to this. You're already in it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not preaching to anybody who's not listening. You're in it and you're ready to go and we're here to help you. But we're here to support you and we're here to help you. But understand, things aren't always easy. They're not always going to be, as, as Natalie said, you know, not all the I's are going to be dotted, not all the T's are going to be crossed. There will be hardships. This, this Kablan, this contractor will be doing this. And this person will be doing this. Oh, yeah. And this yeah. will happen. Yeah, and, you're going to have... this will happen. And this, right. You have to have... Um... You have to just, you know, it's it's kind of funny that we get all, you know, bent out of shape over moving to Israel. But when you move anywhere, it's a hardship. It's it's uplifting your entire life. It is a hardship moving from city to city, from state to state. It's really not that different. The difference is the language and the culture, right? That's the difference. But you're still, you know, moving to a new place. You have to make new friends. It's still a move. And people do that right. all the time. Yeah, you know what? As, as, as I said to you before, you know, you don't have to be like, you don't have to have all the plans planned. You know what? Anytime you move, it's like, okay, a little bit, we're just going to just go and we're just going to do it. Yeah, and, and, but I think and, we're wrong. Yeah, I think yeah. we're wrong. I think you're wrong and I'm wrong because when people move, it's usually because of work or because of family. So they're moving to something for a reason. The, re- the, the reason they moved to Israel is not concrete. Let's just say it's, it's not. It's concrete. idealistic. Yeah. It's idealistic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, hear, I, hear, I hear what you're saying. And, and, and that's why you have to really love it. You can't be wishy-washy. I'm like, eh, you know what? I really love it, but my house was nicer in America. I really right. love it, but, you know, right. this happened. That, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to really, you're, you're 100% right. You know, yeah, you're right. It is an ideological move, and therefore you're moving because of, whatever reasons you have, you love the country, you love Israel, you love whatever. But like a friend of mine just told me, he's like, we, me and my wife, every Saturday night, we go on a date night, they live in Beit Shemesh and they go to the Kotel every single week. He's like, where else am I getting that in the world, right? right. 25 minute drive from right. my house in, in Ramat Beit Shemesh, I can go to the Kotel every single week. Yeah. So to me, that's awesome. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's rocking. It that's very exciting. <laughs> so that's very cool. That's, that's amazing. But, it, but, it, but, it, but it's a decision, you know what? A date night could be in America. You can go to a movie and get some pizza or... Your date night could be going to the hotel, going to the most holiest place in the world, and you're like, "Well, that was date night." You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's again, it's an idealistical thing. You have to want to. It's be idealistic. Part of it's idealistic, but there's also a value. Um, this girl that I speak with all the time, Aliza, she's like a dating coach. She wrote this article okay. in the Jerusalem Post. She sent it to me yesterday, and it's really good. She pretty much says singles don't put anything else on hold. Why would they put Aliyah on hold? Um, Come here and build your life here, and you will find your soulmate here. So true, so smart. And it's the same thing with anybody who wants to make Aliyah, anybody who wants to live in Israel. There is no reason to wait. Your life is just going to go on and on and on in the same pattern, no matter where you are. Moving here, you're, you're going to do all that here. You're going to have struggles here. You're going to get in a fight with your neighbor here. It'll all happen here. 
I don't know. You know, Natalie, I, I keep on seeing the writing on the wall and I don't get why people are keeping, you know, this, 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 this case that just happened in America. I don't know if you are aware of how deep it went. The Kyle Rittenhouse case. I don't know if you saw what's happening in America. There's, there's protests all over the country because this guy got away with quote unquote murder. And what I was reading some of these more leftist uh, publications and they're talking about, look, now it's open season and all protesters. Look, now we have to protest more. I'm like, everyone talks about Israel as if like it's the most messed up place in the world. I'm like, I'm not a fanatic about America. I'm not a fanatic, but like, look at the writing on the wall. Like things aren't, <laughs> things aren't clean anywhere. Like this is an insanity. Like do, do people not realize that the media just said, go out and protest? Do they not realize they said, let's see what will happen? Yeah, go outside and let's see what will happen. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's a really scary thing. They're yeah. the ones sitting in their ivory towers. I find it so frustrating when the Democrats talk about sharing, sharing the financial system with everybody and they live in their ivory towers with the 10 houses and they're making millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, go ahead, share your wealth. Why are you keep on looking around? We live in a crazy messed up system in this world and everyone's looking somewhere else. Well, that's all the time we have today. Thank you all for joining us. And we will be um, back next week. The show is changing. We're going to be on Mondays, not going to be on Thursdays anymore. So thank you all for listening and we'll catch you next week. Shabbat Shalom. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.